These are the 100 Days of Summer. And this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. But you got to have friends. The feelings are so strong. You got to have friends to make that day last long. I had some friends, but they're gone. Something came and took them away, and from the dust till the Good morning, good friend. Welcome to the show. It's 8.09 here on the Watchdog Radio Network, the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob Slider behind the board. I'm Howard Monroe. Glad you are here with us. 69 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 67 at the Highlands, 66 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 66 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Well, it's raining and fixing to storm. Is that the way you're going to call it? That's what I would say. I looked out there. The, uh, it's raining. It's not pouring down, but it is raining. And I would, to, to use uh, Adam's uh, weekend story, if I was out there camping in a tent, I think I'd be packing up about right now. I, I'd, I'd play it safe. Now, you mentioned Jim, and he was a big fan of Peggy Lee, and uh, it's a good day. Did he say anything about uh, your good friend, Bette Midler? Didn't mention Bette. Didn't, he didn't, didn't call her a skank, though, did he? Did not call her a skank. No, no, no. But he did not <laughs> mention, mention Bette. Yeah. I'm thinking about maybe it's time for us to change out Bette. I can't get rid of Roger Miller, and we've got to open up with it. But I'm thinking maybe it's time for a... A new inter one in the middle there. I got got to think about it. You think about it a little bit. We will come up with one. And I Maybe. like my friend. I love my beautiful bat. Don't get me wrong, but and the idea of all the opening songs to put you in a good mood. So we go with the friends theme. But I don't know. I was thinking about it. Maybe welcome back from welcome back. Welcome back. Something like that. I don't know. Um, what do I want to tell you. Oh, uh, listen. I <laughs> Mr. Big Voice Announcer Man was telling us that uh, you know, this is the 100 days of summer. Except the reality is the 100 days of summer are winding down very quickly. We are rapidly running out of summertime. Now, we're really not. We got till September 22nd, so we're really a little more than a month away from the official end of summer. But uh, this week is uh, the beginning of our football. For example, I mean, you talk about the things that mark the season. The uh, city swimming pools, I think, came to an end this past weekend. Not the park Wheeling Park or Ogilvy Park, but the city pools uh, came to an end. Uh, and, Bob, we kick off football this weekend. We do. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff, so I'm thinking that uh, Jerry and Mark, I'm talking about Jerry Ames and Mark Heinerman, they are calling the game. It's Martins Ferry and Shadyside from Fleming Field. Again, kickoff. I, I, did you, you have the notes or am I messing this up? 7 p.m. You are, you are correct. So we'll go on the air probably around quarter till, maybe 20 till. It depends on uh, how many uh, interviews maybe Jerry wants to get in before the game. But I'm really looking forward to uh, working you're with Jerry. You're excited about this. I am. You, I mean, you are just you're, you're trembling with excitement. It's a great crew. You know, it's it's really a great crew. And, uh, you know, they, we do good work and people enjoy it. So, yeah, it's, what's not to like? OVAC is our first game. Then next week, do we go kick right into John Marshall? And we Central? really do. Uh, John Marshall opens up on the road, Wheeling Central at home. We'll have more details of that, but we'll have both games here on the Watchdog Network. And we will have special programming around all of that. We'll be out on uh, in the afternoons. We'll be at Gumby's. I know uh, there was a little snafu. Again, the OVAC game wasn't on our original schedule. Uh, a couple folks thought we might be at Gumby's, and we still might. And we we might, might work be. that out. Hey, but uh, that was not on our original list. 
missed. It was the John Marshall and Central kickoff. We are kicking off the Ohio side, but uh, we might see us out there. We'll work on it. And we'll see. And if not, the Pine Room guys are going to be out and about every week. Every week. Every, every Friday. Friday uh, from noon to 3 at one of the area Gumby locations just to kind of preview uh, the weekend sports. And then we'll, of course, have our regular uh, Friday afternoon uh, walkthrough from 3 to 5 uh, here in the studios as well. So Lots of football, Howard. It is lots of football. Uh, the uh, sports huddle on Saturday mornings. We'll be having the uh, West Virginia uh, football roundup uh, early morning on Saturday in the Ohio Sports Magazine. And at some point we'll have the return of Bob Bear and the Good old boys on sports. We're just a couple Saturdays away, Howard. We'll be kicking that off also. So we got a lot of stuff uh, coming up. Next hour here on the show, we're going to talk about campaign packs and in particular super PACs and how that can or cannot impact uh, political uh, campaigns and political races. Uh, Larry Lessig, who is a Harvard professor, and uh, this has been one of his big issues for a long time, he is with us next hour to talk about uh, super PACs, campaign packs, campaign cash in general. That's coming up in the next hour of the show. But coming up straight ahead, WVU announced uh, some of their proposed, they're not yet official official, but they're sort of official, big cutbacks, 169 faculty members, 39 majors going to get cut as they try to struggle with a $45 million financial shortfall. Uh, Stephen Adams coming in to talk to us about that and more straight ahead. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
Yeah, it's a Monday morning edition. Watchdog Morning Show here at 816. We're looking at about, well, 69 at the airport, 66 here. Uh, kind of differing temperatures in between. We're going to go up to around 78 today. It is raining, and we think it's fixing to storm. That's uh, that's what uh, this is what it looks like outside. Welcome to the show, our old friend Stephen Adams from the Ogden newspaper chain. Stephen, good morning, sir. Good morning, Howard. Thanks for having me on. Now, let me ask you this. Were you able to get all that hardware in your car when you came home this weekend? Oh, I wish I got to keep some of that hardware, and that's going to all get put up in the newsroom. But I'm already having uh, reproductions made to, to put up in the, in my main case. We were sharing earlier some of the awards. The Intelligencer itself won uh, quite a few of them. I think 19 total for the Intel. And uh, you, Mr. Adams, you picked up a couple of awards yourself. Uh, I did. First place for breaking news for writing about the second ethics investigation for Representative Alex Mooney, a story I literally wrote on a concrete table. I was going to say, table. there's a story behind the story, right? That You literally wrote that sitting in a picnic table, basically. I was on my way to D.C. actually to do some shadowing of congressional representatives, which, of course, uh, Congressman Mooney canceled the uh, meeting I was supposed to have with him <laughs> that week. Uh, but yeah, uh, Derek Red there at the Intel gave me a call uh, from the road, let me know that the report got put up, and I pulled over at the West Virginia Welcome Center right outside Falling Waters in the Eastern Panhandle and wrote that up and got it out. So I won a won a first place award in Division One. There's four divisions uh, in the West Virginia Press Association. Division One, the largest paper, so that includes the Intel, Parkersburg News and Sentinel, also one of my papers, uh, Charleston Gazette Mail, Huntington Herald Dispatch. So, yeah, I'm definitely happy with that one. Won second place for Best News Columnist. Won a second oh, wait, for... a minute, wait 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 a minute. I read your, yeah. I read your columns all the time. Who the hell was number one? How, how did they make you number two? I don't like that. I don't like that. You should be number one. Well, I appreciate that, but I did come in second to the irascible Phil Cabler. So. Oh, 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 well, oh, well, okay, wait a minute, all right, okay. <laughs> I like that irascible, that's, that's a good line. He is, according to his own bio on his on the Gazette page, semi-retired. I must say, I do still read him, too, so, okay, all right. You've had a little, not tiff, but you and Cabler have not always gotten along real well, if I understand it correctly. But I think That's you, you both, you both do, bring a lot to the table. Agree. We do tend to agree more than we disagree when uh, we write. I often find that out to be the case. Okay. So what else? You, I, I, I want to hear. What, so, all right, second place for uh, best columnist. Okay. What else? Oh, man. Like, yeah, I got, uh, I believe, second place for, uh, I believe, best legal reporting for my St. Mary's Santa Gate series. Uh, I got third place for uh, best uh, business reporting for uh, writing about that uh, proposed natural gas plant that's supposed to come to Doddridge County at some point. So, yeah, I, I had four awards total. I was very happy with that. And, of course, my papers all won plenty of awards, including the Weirton Daily Times. Took home uh, several awards in its division there in Division Two. So uh, all of our uh, papers, including the Intermountain and Elkins, uh, all did very well this year. The uh, Intel picked up, I know, because it's on the front page of their paper today, 19 awards, uh, including my friend Mr. McCabe, who won a pair of first-place awards for best single editorial and best editorial page. Uh, what I have to chuckle at is that uh, Mike, or Mike, um, John and I, from time to time, have taken Mayor Elliott to task quite a good bit on this show. And the mayor takes it, you know, with a good grain of salt, and, uh, you know, we, we have some joshing about that goes with that. 
<laughs> but I, so I have to laugh. The editorial he won for it was where he praised the mayor for his State of the City speech. So I thought that was a, there's some irony in that, I guess. I suppose. Well, especially especially after reading the uh, the op-ed uh, this past weekend on the uh, Life Hub, which of course didn't go after the mayor per se. In fact, the mayor had some questions about that project, but that was a pretty uh, pretty blunt uh, editorial from the boss man. But. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, shifting just for one quick second, I think. We had Mayor Elliott on with us last week. I think he has – it's kind of reading between the lines a little bit. I think he's got quite a few questions himself about this life hub. I'm not sure yeah. where that project is going to go. Anyway, I didn't want to you know, puff you up too much, but it was. It's listen, I like it when the folks we work with do very well, and I'm really pleased that you did such a good job with that and the intel did as well. And, uh, and congratulations. Congratulations to you. Thank I was, was going to yell at that first place person, but Kabler. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, he's he's. I would have made you. T- I would have. T- I would have given you a tie. That's what I would have done myself. <laughs> hey, at least here comes the segue. At least you didn't get cut. There you go. Good segue. Yes. WVU yes, recommends segue. cutting 169 faculty positions, 32 majors. This seems like this is what they intend to do. Although it isn't yet official, it is still the proposal that can still get some appeals and so on, right? That's correct, yeah. There's still appeal process that uh, they had to go through. And it'll be interesting uh, to see how that works out. Uh, you, you got the numbers right. And I was going through, I did a list of this. You know, uh, Of course, this all broke while I was at the Press Association Awards. So I went through some of the letters. So you've got such, such things as uh, uh, MFA, uh, Masters of uh, Fine Arts and Creative Writing, uh, that's going to be, and I'm looking at the discontinuances. So this isn't just, you know, the employee cuts. This is like programs. It's the programs, away. yeah. Uh, PhD, occupational environmental health sciences. Uh, the thing that made the biggest news, of course, that leaked out before the full list got put out was the discontinuance of the Department of World Languages. That's, uh, that's certainly gotten a lot of attention. Uh, Masters in public administration, Ph.D. and masters in mathematics. They're going to go by the wayside. I know people laugh at this one. Masters uh, or BFA, bachelors uh, in puppetry. I know people want to laugh at that, but in all seriousness, it's one of two programs in the nation uh, for that sort of thing. Now, I'm told that they're still going to be offering puppetry more more like an area of of influence um, uh, or uh, I think that's the phrasing for it, within the theater department. But the fact that WVU had only the second program like that in the nation, you know, made it stand out. A lot of programs about jazz going away, so WVU doesn't seem like jazz, or they don't get that many students in it. And the thing that made me kind of giggle a little bit was uh, they're going to get rid of the Ph.D. in higher education <laughs> and the EDD in higher education administration. There, there is a joke to be made there. I won't make it. Yeah, there, yes, there's. <laughs> yes, there certainly is a joke to be made there about uh, better uh, learning better about how to be an administrator in higher education. There, there, there certainly is. Uh, Forty-five million dollars shortfall is what they're looking at, and that's what they're trying to deal with here. They already made a bunch of cuts, you know, sort of administrative cuts and budget cuts previously, but now we're getting down to the changes that are actually going to occur in the structure of the university. And, you know, Stephen, I don't know enough about the the ins and outs and the actual numbers to know, so I I don't, on the one hand, want to second guess. On the other hand, I want to say that 
I want I still want there to be a liberal arts education available, and I'm not saying there isn't any, but when you start cutting languages and start cutting some of the fine arts programs and so on, uh, in 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 deference to some of the things that are more job oriented, if that's the right phrase to use. That bothers me. That bothers me in general about where our education systems are going, not just WVU, not even just West Virginia, but in general. I worry they're getting closer and closer to being trade schools and not enough being liberal, liberal arts education. Yeah, and I do think that's the problem to some extent. And, uh, you know, particularly in this state, when you talk about we, we've had a dwindling you know, population, as we've constantly talked about. That means dwindling number of students. So we have a smaller pool of students to choose from in the state. You have X amount of uh, public colleges and universities, and, of course, private colleges and universities trying to basically fight for the same students. And, of course, they're recruiting students outside the state, too. But in-state students is certainly uh, what they get a better reimbursement rate for, uh, for trying to bring in. And we're, we're seeing them all fight for this sort of thing. And a lot of these schools are trying to compete with each other, and they're trying to build in amenities, and they're trying to do all these things, you know, great athletics programs, great intramural programs, a nightlife, you know, all sorts of things that were they're, – they're all trying to compete and trying to get these, you know, students. And, you know, Wall Street Journal had a good story just a couple of days ago to examine 50 universities, flagship universities – Schools very similar to WU, publicly funded colleges and universities around the state. Look at their uh, data since 2002 uh, and basically found that university spending in all these uh, institutions rose by 38% between 2002 and 2022. There's a lot of spending going on, uh, including here in West Virginia, but the number of students that they're trying to get in, keeps dwindling. And of course, state funding has also dwindled to some extent, too. It has in West Virginia. Uh, it was at its peak, I think, around 2013, dropped to a low uh, around 2017. And it's now coming back up, but it's still not back up where it used to be. And there's a situation where a lot of these schools have all raised their tuition to deal with the loss of public funding. But when you look at the numbers, they've all raised their tuition to such an extent that they've more than made up for the money that they've lost in that regard. So a lot of spending fewer students and all these places are having that problem, including WVU. Chronicle of Higher Ed uh, did a, a piece about this over the weekend. West Virginia University is bleeding out in the face of a $45 million deficit. The university's leadership has decided to cut the entire Department of World Languages, Literatures, Linguistics. Twelve undergraduate majors, 20 graduate programs will disappear. You can no longer get a bachelor's degree in German, Spanish, French, Russian, or Chinese. A graduate degree in mathematics will be gone. There will be art history classes, but no art history major. And the, art, the recommendations mean 169 potential reductions in the faculty. Uh, and as you point out, the master's and doctoral programs in higher ed will also be discontinued. That's the way the Chronicle of Higher Education puts it. And if I read the uh, Chronicle's piece, to a large extent, they're putting some responsibility here on E. Gordon Gee. Yeah, I read that piece, too. I believe that was a piece by Ryan Quinn, who used to be at the Charles and Gazette Mail, but he was their main education reporter. So he's still doing some good work uh, uh, in regards to West Virginia education. I, I do think you have to take that into account. I really do. I know that there are some, I, I know, uh, you know, friends in the West Virginia Center for Budget and Policy that obviously want to push the state funding angle and say if we would just give WVU back the uh, full level of funding that they had had, you know, a decade ago, well, then that would cover most of their budget deficit, and they're right about that. But I don't know that it solves the real problem that I see here. And again, a problem that 
is shared amongst you know, public universities all over the place. But a problem specific to here where you have some bad management, bad predictions, a lot of spending, a lot of tuition increases, all the while your student population is decreasing. And it's a situation where it does kind of make you wonder what the provost's office has been doing all this time because I would think that they'd be constantly looking at all these programs and tweaking them here and there depending on demand and, and things of that nature. That that makes sense to me. It seems to me that that hasn't happened, and now they're doing it all at once. And That's the problem. The that's, the pro- that's, the pro- that's the problem right there. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Look, I think the ramifications look bad. There are, I, I said this in a short social media post over the weekend, There are. there's enough blame, if you want to call it that, to go around. Uh, I do agree with the Center on Budget and Policy that the legislature did not need to continually cut funding. They could have maintained it at a higher level, and I think that is a legislative failing, and I blame the legislature for that. I do think that's part of the problem. But I can't absolve the university. They should have had a better sense of what's coming down the pike. Uh, I know there was the pandemic that changed a lot of things. I know that just circumstances have changed, but that's kind of what you're there for at the highest level of the highest education institution in the state is to be able to look forward and see what's coming and make plans for it and prepare for it. And I don't know that I'm picking on Guy personally, but I'm picking on Guy and his administration in general, along with the legislature. Those two forces combined have put us in this position, my opinion. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I, I tend to push back a little bit on the budget policy position where, you know, keep in mind, when the budget cuts to WVU first started happening, they happened under Governor Earl Ray Tomlin. They happened under a Democratic legislature. I worked for him at the time. I was here when it happened. And so those numbers dropped to a low in 2017, and they have come back up, but not nearly to what they should. Do I think they need to fund more? I would certainly have no issues with that. They would restore public colleges and universities back to the funding level that they had previously. I think that would be a wonderful thing. But I do think in the case of WVU, it only really solves that problem for maybe in the short term, because if they're making the same mistakes going forward, well, then they'll be back in a situation again, even if you restore that level of funding. So I do think you have to hold the administration's feet to the fire. And that's not me being anti-administration. I, I, I've met Gordon Key before. I know some of the people in our administration, and I do think they're smart people, and I think their intentions are good. But I, I, I think I really think they kind of went too far uh, in regards to spending, hoping that it would ultimately result in an explosion of students. But Toppy had a good column about this just this morning, talking about Guy's promise of uh, back in 14 of uh, increasing enrollment by 7,000 students. <laughs> we have to, he, he, uh, he predicted 40,000 this year. Yeah, 40,000 by this year. Well, it, it didn't It didn't happen. And I do think to some extent the administration needs to take some responsibility for that. And I also think they need to look at their own administrative vote. Now, I, WVU pushes back on me on this a little bit in a story I wrote last month. But, you know, based on what I could see, there was a 118% increase in non-classified employees mm-hmm. at, at WVU across their system. Now, WVU disputes that. They say the legislature changed the definition of what a non-classified employee is, which made the numbers look larger. They say they actually have cut administrative positions, non-uniform, uh, non-positions uh, uh, by 458, but 
I mean, I think you could probably take a look at some of the salaries alone for some of their vice presidents and, and how many vice presidents they have and and wonder, well, you could probably start there before you start cutting world language. Well, that's a good, uh, that's a, that's a good point, and, and that's a pretty universal complaint you hear at higher education institutions that the administrative side of things has gotten awfully bloated, and I can't can't quarrel with that, although I got let go at West Liberty when they decided to get rid of some of the bloat. I was the bloat, apparently. So I, 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 I understand that. But speaking of West Liberty, I should point out that while we are focusing all of this on WVU, it's our land-grant institution, our flagship institution, these kind of problems are hitting uh, all of our uh, higher education institutions. West Liberty let go 42. I'm doing that from memory, so I could be wrong. I think 42 uh, faculty in the past year, past six months or so, uh, not all faculty, but 42 uh, employees were let go. Um, it's hitting it's hitting all of our institutions of higher education. Yeah, and I would point out, too, you know, the West Virginia legislature, uh, legislative honors office did a report back in 2010 that took a look at our public colleges and universities and made the determination that for our four-year public colleges and universities, based on our population back in 2010, we really actually have too many. I know people hate to say that because, obviously, if you have a public college and university in your community, you don't want to see it go. That's jobs. You know, that's, you know, uh, something for the community to be proud of and all that sort of stuff. But back in 2010, you know, a legislative report said we have too many based on the population we have and the student population that's available to us. Now, keep in mind, our numbers have dwindled since then. So how much more possibly true is that uh, report? And if you look at Alderson Broadus, which, of course, is not a public it's not a public it's, uh, too college. It, it, right. yeah, it is a private one. But you look at some of, after their closure, look at some of these universities and colleges that put out press releases saying, well, we'll take their students in. We'll, we'll cut these fees and whatnot. It looks nice, and but I don't know that it's entirely altruistic either because they're all having the same problems the elders and broadest did. The only difference is they're a little better about uh, their budgets, but they're all having the same problem, which is the decrease in student enrollment. So, you know, they're all trying to get those extra students. And I think you're going to see problems like that go forward. Possibly, I think you'll see a public college and university be next, I would think. Stephen, you covered the legislative special session recently, um, and I do not suggest that one is actually related to another. It's purely an image thing. But WVU is looking at a $45 million financial shortfall, and $45 million was given to Marshall University for the cybersecurity program. Now, those two are not tied together, and I'm not in any way suggesting one took from the other, but there is irony in that, especially in terms of the numbers. And that's the first thing my wife, of course, my wife, for full disclosure, is a uh, Marshall double uh, double grad. First thing she pointed out to me Sunday night when the call came out, I was like, are they doing that as some sort of... Is, is the governor doing that as some sort of slap at WVU? Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is the case, but I do think the timing was really bad. Uh, I, and I think some of the pushback on both sides of this has been, frankly, a little obnoxious. I, I don't have an issue necessarily of W Marshall getting this money yeah, for know. their news. I, I think it's a good thing, but I think the timing of it looked bad. I, in fact, there was a few lawmakers that told me that they didn't even think it was going to survive the session, but of course it did. And But on the other hand, you hear WVU people are trying to say that it's a political thing, and of course Marshall uh, Justice is Governor Justice, is a Marshall graduate. With that said, WVU just got $50 million from the state out of the, out of the most recent budget. 
uh, for their cancel cancer set, uh, yeah. uh, center and all that sort of stuff. So it's not like WVU, you know, doesn't get any money. And Marshall gets the money. In fact, I'd make the argument that Marshall tends to get stiff over WVU more often than not. But the timing, the way it looked, just couldn't look worse. Yeah, to do it I, I do. I do not, as I said, I don't want to imply because I do not believe that there was an, an intent to purposely harm WVU to the benefit of, of Marshall. I, it's just the irony of the, the dollar figures are $45 million in financial setback, $45 million to to Marshall. Marshall is going to turn that cybersecurity thing into a great uh, opportunity, I think. It's, that's fine. Uh, it just it looks weird, that's all. It just looks weird. And correct me if I'm wrong, did not Evan Hansen try to propose some additional money for WVU during the special session? He got shot down on that? That's very true. Of course, uh, he's kind of a minority, even within the minority caucus. But yeah, the Morgan, the, the Monagalia County delegation led by Evan Hansen tried to uh, put an amendment in there to also give WVU $45 million. House Speaker Roger Hanshaw ruled that that uh, amendment was not germane to the specific bill. The problem with special sessions is they're very narrowly construed, and the way it works is the governor puts things on the call, and you can amend things, amend those bills, but they have to be still be narrowly constrained to what the topic is. And if the if the bill only deals with giving forty five million dollar dollars to Marshall for this specific thing, if if they were given forty five million to WU for cybersecurity or for a cybersecurity program, that probably would have been allowable. But since it was for this specific thing, it wasn't even able to be amended in that way. So they tried, but yeah, there there was no dice there. Stephen, we're behind time. I have to run, but executive producer here, Bob Slider, made a point earlier this morning, Bob. You can t- talk to Stephen. You you wonder if we have all this money, why can't we get some to WVU? Yeah, just really really important. Uh, a lot of money still in the till. Uh, I thought they would may- maybe consider may- maybe at least helping them or, or at least taking care of the whole uh, amount. Uh, Governor Stephen. Justice says that we're awash in money. Well, not anymore. We just spent it all. Session. <laughs> in fact, they actually had more than seven hundred million in uh, supplemental appropriations, and they actually tried to get a bill through to change a, a formula for how much money we put in a rainy day, just to free up an extra one hundred forty right. million to spend, and that failed. So, I mean, they went on a spending spree. Uh, someone said this is like the backdoor uh, version of the old uh, budget digest. If you remember that, I remember it well. Yes. All right, Stephen, thank you. I appreciate your time this morning. Congratulations on uh, the awards that you have won. Keep up the good work. I know that you will, and I suspect we'll talk again before too many more days pass. Thanks, Howard. Thank you. Appreciate it. Stephen Adams, Ogden newspaper, chain political reporter, state house reporter, and an award winner. Award winner. Yeah, Kabler writes a pretty good column. I was going to jump all over. Who got number one? Who got number one? It was Kabler. Oh, well. All right, I Phil Kavler, I read him every Sunday, too, uh, even after he's retired. 8.40, 20 till the hour uh, here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Let's check in with Taylor Long for Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News Headlines on this August the 14th. Breaking overnight, several people have been injured following a well pad explosion in Wheeling. Emergency crews responded at 1828 Cherry Hill Road around 11 p.m. last night. Fire officials say the fire started at a gas buster on the site. Two people were transported to the hospital, with one being life flighted with severe burns. The fire was extinguished within 20 minutes of the crew's arrival. Neighbors described the sounds of the explosion as loud enough to rattle their windows. 7 News will bring you updates as we find out more. 
And over in Jefferson County, the Tony Terramana Cancer Center and the Allegheny Health Network have been recognized for their radiation oncology service. The Cancer Center recently received the prestigious accreditation program for excellence from the American Society of Radiation Oncology. To receive the accreditation, the review looks at five different pillars and 16 different standards focused on safety and quality of care. What the accreditation shows is that the staff at the center are providing the highest standards of safety and quality for their patients. The Cancer Center voluntarily sought out this rigorous review to demonstrate their ongoing commitment to the region of the Ohio Valley. And over to Belmont County, an official with the Martins Ferry Water Department says the city is dealing with two major water line breaks, leaving residents without water. Officials are asking them to be patient as crews are working to get the water restored. They say once service is restored, a 48-hour boil order will be in effect. Stay with 7 News for updates. And as you might remember, WTRF was proud to host the No One Walks Alone Veterans Suicide Awareness Walk earlier this summer, raising more than $6,000 for helping heroes. Some people ordered t-shirts the day of the event. We now have them and you can pick them up today here at WTRF. The address is 9616th Street. If you can't make it today, call our office and we can make other arrangements. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit. Building upon strong traditions. Pioneering medical care. Moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care, right place, right time. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. It's summertime. It's summertime. And the living is easy. But the conversation is always topical and lively. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
It's a rainy day on Monday. Oh, that's the Carpenter song. We'll get that later, I imagine. We'll probably have that later. It's on the list. It is a rainy day on Monday. 69 degrees. Temperature is raised everywhere. 69 at the airport, 69 at the Highlands, 69 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 69 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It is going to be a rainy day today, cloudy day today, and some strong to severe thunderstorms are in the offing. Well, it's, uh, Adam said between 3 and 5 tonight and then 7 to 9, something like that is when the real severe storms will come. Hopefully not as bad as they did over the weekend, but they will come. Daytime high around 78. Tomorrow cloudy, a chance of rain. Tomorrow's high 75, partly cloudy on Wednesday as well. Uh, 844 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. That WVU story just bugs me, you know. I just feel like the Everybody, everybody dropped the ball. I don't want to pick on any one person. I don't want to pick on Guy specifically. I don't want to pick on the legislature entirely. I just feel like everybody dropped the ball. And if I was, uh, I even hate to say the name out loud, you know, somebody like uh, the guy from Maryland, Mooney, I think that's his name, Mooney, right? Uh, That would be something I would put on my list because I would say, uh, by the way, uh, we all know there was a huge big number. We had uh, this money. Our university was in trouble, and we did nothing about it. Yeah. To I mean, me, that's... I'd pay attention to that. I would say, uh, what'd you say there again? Uh, what's your name again, Mooney? Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, Alex Mooney, Bob. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard him before. <laughs> from Maryland, right? I'd yeah. prefer that we never heard from him again, but that's a whole that's a that's a conversation for a different day. Mooney from Maryland. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Uh, Moon over Maryland. Mooney over Maryland. Cuba. Like Cuba. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know what Mooney finds. I mean, given the, the, the status, the polling status, the difference between where justice stands and Mooney stands in that race for the U.S. Senate seat, the Republican nomination for it, I just don't know what Mooney can do to turn things around. But that is one more little nail in the – I don't want to say nail in the coffin – it is one more little nail he can hammer out there. It's a card that can be played, and don't forget, we have no so idea. By the way, that's a better phrase than nail that could be hammered. It's a card that could be played. You're right. Uh, you know, Howard, we have no idea what's going to happen, but that's also a card. It might not be enough. It might not be the ace that he needs. It could be a card that Joe Manchin can play, too, and say, look, this is just ridiculous. Yes. You know, our university's starving, and we didn't even, we didn't even consider it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I heard what Stephen said about Evan Hansen proposed – money for WVU. He said, well, we're giving money to Marshall. Let's do something for WVU. And it was shot down. As I said earlier, it was like he made the proposal and looked around and said, hello? Hello? <laughs> I get that the specific proposal, the way he brought it, was not what they called germane. It was not procedurally correct. But somewhere, somehow, in that special session, there could have been and should have been some conversation about how do we help WVU. The only way that maybe I wouldn't have thought the reason, the the way that you and I did, Howard, if somebody was in my ear saying, look, they could make 90 calls today and get a half a million from those 90 donors and everything is easy peasy. You know, if they worked a little harder, they could get some more money rolling in. I wonder if you would hear that in your ear, Howard. Maybe, it may be. Um, And and again, I blame... Both parties, I think that the legislature has dropped the ball, and they, of course, are tied with the governor, if you will. So the state funding side of things should have been and could have been done better in the past and this year. I do blame them. But you also have to say the university could have and should have seen the problems coming 
and worked harder, whether it was to raise more donor money, whether it was to cut programs a little more judiciously. All right, instead of, a, what is it, 60, I'm going to say 100, 169 faculty, I think it is, uh, maybe five here, six more next six months, you know, over the last several, there could have been a better way to do this. Look down the road and say, all right, we got troubles coming. Let's, let's not wait until the crisis occurs. So I blame the legislature and I blame the governor, but I also blame the, the administration. When you talk about trouble, Howard, you'd have to go to a historian like Doug Huff and say, look, I'm going to ask you this. Has there been a worse year ever <laughs> in the history of West Virginia University? I mean, that, look at the whole that would picture. Be a, that would be a great question. And the answer is no, no. It's never been a I year like this. So, no. And now we need $45 million. I go back to, I remember the year Beeline was uh, it was the basketball coach, and it was Neyland, I think, was the football coach. I remember Hoppy and I having a conversation about because Hoppy said these are the golden years. Is we gotta we gotta hold these and treasure these because these are the golden years because everything click 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 basketball bam football cluck, bam cluck, cluck, and, now. That, and now it's you're right and now it's cluck cluck cluck. This is the exact opposite. We've gone through the bizarro world. Now it's the exact opposite of what Hoppy. basketball. Oh boy. It's a mess. Football? It's a bigger oh mess. Oh, boy. I mean. <laughs> Baseball, they did. Started out really, really good. Kudos to them. And then, and you then, know, it didn't work out either. No. Uh, no. And uh, so, uh, yeah. this. <laughs> so, going back to the, talking about going to, like, athletic donors maybe not be the best thing you're going to be able to do right now anyways. Anyway. I, Click. I, am, <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost connection here. Let's try another one. Click. I am just really bothered by what's happening. Now, it's my alma mater, so I, I mean, I have a I have a connection to it. Maybe um, you ought to pony up a little bit more, Howard. Yeah, maybe I should. They Well, I'll tell you, they asked me all the time, and I said, ah, gave me enough of the time. So, although, actually, I didn't. When I think about the tuition I paid back in 1973, 74, I mean, literally, it was like a thousand bucks or so. I can't remember. I mean, it was, it was. I got a scholarship for 300 bucks, and that was like, yeah, that's great. Well, now that doesn't even buy you a book. I mean, that didn't even buy you a book. So. Get you a gun permit. <laughs> yes, well, we there is that to mix in there as well. 8.50, 10 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Let me do a break. I want to ask you a question. You know, we all know, Internet access in West Virginia is one of our more serious problems. There are entire parts of the state that don't have any or almost no Internet access. I love sometimes when I'm trying to talk to someone on a phone, you know, down in uh, southern West Virginia, and it's the, I mean, it's just, you know, we, we know there's a problem. You know there's a problem, right? There's a problem, right? There's a problem. Morning, in, not in, morning until today. Uh, WVMetroNews.com says the Broadband Council, the one in charge with taking all of these millions of dollars of federal money and getting our broadband fixed up, they say, well, think about what you think the biggest problem they have in getting Internet access around the state is. Think about it. I'll give you the answer, and I can tell you what you guess isn't going to be the right answer. We'll talk about it coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 9 before the hour. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. Sports Map Radio is on all night long. Tune in to get up to the minute sports coverage on FM 98.1, AM 1600. We, we are the watchdog. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. the hour here on this manic monday edition of the watchdog morning show a couple of texts bob you asked where our cubby guy was uh pittsburgh pirates could have helped the cubs but couldn't get it done says our cubby fan uh wvu is down all that money maybe if colleges were affordable more people would go and that means more money that's the old chicken or the egg they have to raise tuition to cover their costs because of the they don't have as much uh, financial support from the state, and yes, the caller is the, the texter is right. The higher the tuition goes, then the harder it becomes for people to, to get there. Again, I, I think back on on what it cost for me to go to WVU when I was uh, when I was there uh, in the seventies. Uh, I mean, it's literally it's it's the cost probably of a credit hour now. <laughs> That's what I paid for a year. So tuition is up. But it's a chicken or egg. they got to raise tuition in order to cover the costs. Uh, and then that drives more people away. And, you know, what do you do? Can you give me a ballpark on what Mr. Gee makes a uh, year? No. I, I, I can, I'll look that up. I, should, I just don't know but that. But we know he didn't make as much as Huggins, right? Huggins was the number Huggins one Huggins was the state. number one state in yeah, state. So you're going to save that. You know, maybe if I was Mr. Gee, I wouldn't maybe get too comfortable because if they're going to start chopping – well, you know, I mean, he's, get to 45 look, he's, off. he's already said one more year and he's done. Well, I, maybe they might say, you know uh, what, we got another idea. If, if he makes six or what, I don't know. He doesn't make six, but if he makes two, uh, I don't know. I now we're down to 43 million. I can't. I, I doubt if he if he had a long term contract, you might see some talk about that. He's got a one year contract. He's already said he's out next year. I don't 
think you'd see a push for that. I mean, but there's maybe the problem with that is, as we know, we hear with Huggins too, even Huggins, you you remove him before his contract is out. You got to pay him a big chunk anyway. So you're not going to save all that money. And the pharmaceutical guy, he's having problems, right? Mylan, uh, he, they're pulling out. They right. don't have the money that they that they uh, offered up before. I mean, it's a real mess. It's it is a real it, mess. It, it is. And again, I have to say, the university should have been able to see some of this coming. Not all of it. I mean, the pandemic threw a threw a curve to everybody, everything, and that was a huge deal. Uh, Hoppy's commentary today takes a look at that. You know, the reality is in 2014. Uh, e. Gordon Gee gave his State of the University speech, and he said, we are on our way up. We're going to hit 40,000 students by 2024, which is where we are. We're, down, we're actually on our way down. We're down to around 21,000 now. But some of that, unforeseen. But it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. We didn't, didn't suddenly lose 10,000. We lost 4,000, 3,000, you know, whatever the numbers are. When you see it happening, that's when you begin to compensate. WVU is big business. We see it around right. here all the time. You look, CEOs get fired every day for missing the boat on that. I mean, again, they say, look, I hear what you're saying, pandemic, this, that. But look, you dropped the ball. We got to let you go. Yeah. The legislature defunded them. I don't want to give, I do not want to give the legislature a pass. But it began with the legislature choosing not to fund higher education at the high level, at the level they had been at. But WVU should have seen that coming. They knew what they were getting less from the state. They knew that uh, enrollment is going down across the country. It's not like somebody, they're not, people aren't abandoning WVU, just people aren't going to colleges as much. The one thing I sincerely, I just, I hope WVU doesn't, doesn't become what I call a trade school. I hope they don't look and see, well, where are the jobs that people want? You know, I, your land grant institution should be a liberal arts institution. First, and then a specific, you know, go to the engineering school, go to whatever. But, you know, they, they cut the entire world languages department, the entire, entire language department. Which, by the way, makes us look even worse like hillbillies, you know. We don't, we don't, we don't need no French. We don't need no Spanish. It's just, it's embarrassing. It is a story that we will continue to talk about. I tried to get uh, Sean Fleury to come on today because Sean is a huge WVU supporter, and I think he's got some – I don't think I know because I talked to him yesterday. He's got some points he'd like to make about this whole thing. Unfortunately, he was leaving town today. God knows where he's going, probably some marijuana conference or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, So Sean couldn't join us today, but he'll be in, in the semi-near uh, uh, future. Um, hold on to your thought, Bob, about why we're uh, – if you had any thought about why we are not able to expand our internet access the way we the way we should because the answer will surprise you and I will share it with you coming up in the next hour of the show. Also next hour Harvard professor and one-time presidential candidate Lawrence Lessig is with us. You might have seen him on Fox and CNN. He's been for decades a, a frequent contributor. He's joining us today to talk about campaign cash in politics and in particular about super PACs and a little competition he's putting together to try to raise some money to make a point about super PACs. He's part of our show next hour as well. Right now it's 9 o'clock and ABC covers the world, including the fires in Maui. Come on, honey, let's go make some noise.
1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.